Hi folks, welcome back to another episode of Sorry I Only Read Rom-Coms. Uh, my name is Anu and I'm excited to be here. Yay! Also, can I like pat myself on the back for um, consistency? No? Okay, fine. But I hope you've been good. Um, I hope you've been well. If you've done any traveling or whatever this past couple of weeks, where have you been? And um, also, who have you been this past couple of weeks? That's probably a bit more serious than you expected. But if you're open to answering, I'm open to listening. Um, Have you done anything new lately? I'm curious about that. I haven't done anything new in a while. So... I don't know if that is something I should fix or I should just like just get comfortable with my routine. Routines are, are everything to me, so hey. Anywho, a couple of years ago, I remember having a chat with someone, and it was one of those pre-talking stage kind of conversation where you're just like sniffing around to, you know, see if there is a spark or if there is a match. <laughs> no, anyway. Um, I remember having this chat and thinking, hey, I wouldn't mind if this person was seeing other people and I would just provide emotional needs while they get their other needs, wink, wink, um, sorted with another person, right? And this thought did not terrify me. In fact, it made perfect sense. Although, yeah, then I told myself that I just wanted to eat my cake and have it because it just struck me as being a bit lazy and... I wanted to get away with putting my sexual responsibilities <laughs> on someone else's head. I uh, now I think about it, I don't know what sexual responsibilities are, um, but if there can be financial responsibilities, I honestly don't know. Anyway, my point is, I dismissed the thoughts back then, but thinking back now, I think that was kind of my introduction to what I now know is called polyamory. But oh, that was when I started getting like open-minded to the thoughts of it ish so for the purpose of this conversation i'll be defining non-monogamy um as the umbrella term for practicing relationships that are not sexually or romantically exclusive most people um you know use the term ethical non-monogamy to differentiate it from cheating yeah and then um polyamory is used when the term has an emotional or romantic aspect not just sexual I got this um, definition from Polyamorous Wild Asian on Instagram. Check them out, right? So when I thought about this episode, I wanted to dive into a Polyamory 101 situation where I would explore the myths, the wrong assumptions surrounding like polyamory. For example, for some reason, people mix up being bisexual and being polyamorous. And I think that is weird, right? Anyway, um, I thought about it again and I decided that it would be more helpful to look at the gifts of polyamory because I believe that non-monogamous, like that monogamous people rather, can learn a thing or two from non-monogamous relationships. So let's dive in. Uh, the first thing is um, normalizing being attracted to people outside your partner. And this one is quite tricky to swallow, I won't lie. But I kind of blame rom-coms for that, where there are too many lines in books and in movies that evolved from the moment we met. Everyone else disappeared. 
nobody else but you i don't see anybody but you and it's just like okay i get this happening at the beginning of the relationship maybe even honeymoon stage and all lucky even then to be honest so like the level of intensity may differ the motivation to pursue may not be there but still you can notice like hey you know Bobaya has gone you know like that's quite a look hey and if the whole thing and also the whole thing of if your eyes cause you to see pluck it out it has sort of triggered a lot of repression and denial there's a lot of guilt attached to it because it has not been normalized like the range is non-existent when it comes to broaching this with your partner <sighs> like the worst is always assumed when you just think about oh i find this other person attractive oh shit that person is not my partner what does that mean and then all of these like weird ass questions shows up does that mean that i don't like this person anymore does that equal cheating i honestly don't have the answer to these questions but i feel like you get attracted to different things in different people and those things don't automatically disappear when you start dating someone so you know might as well get used to it and then a lot of people have capitalized off of this insistence of exclusivity in attraction right i want 10 ways to keep your husband master class don't tie a wrapper in the house go and do your hair la, 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 la. like if grooming is your thing or i don't even know if i should even call it grooming but if that's what you want to do go for it right but isn't it like stressful taking those classes and reading those articles and all of that but to be honest if you've taken these classes yeah i will not blame you it's not you it's patriarchy but if you've ever thought this class you're an agent of patriarchy and i'm giving you side eye and if you don't change your ways i hope you always hear a faucet dripping when you, and then when you stand up to check there'll be no tap leaking like you're about to say but you'll be hearing doop 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 and then you check your entire house and no tap is running yeah that would fuck with you just like you fuck with other people yeah anyway number two is navigating jealousy so i think this is a good one to follow the first one because um you may think that normalizing attraction also means um you would not feel jealous or you shouldn't feel jealous or you would not feel jealous at all but that's not true um i think that non-monogamous people learn to invite jealousy into the room to talk about it they learn to notice it they learn to name it they learn to see why they feel jealous is it how she styled her hair is it this is it that what 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 does it mean when this person says that this other person is fine like they ask the hard questions and they confront it and they learn to self-soothe through their own jealousy i also learned um this term compassion that is c-o-m-p-e-r-s-i-o-n where um it's an experience of happiness or pleasure when your partner is happy especially if this experience has nothing to do with you so it's like everyone has learned that the moment something happens um that doesn't involve you the default should be jealousy i feel like i see your jealousy and i raise you compassion right the third one is learning how to deliberately create trust in the relationship and 
I feel like non-monogamous, I mean, monogamous people get away with equating not cheating to success in a relationship. Like, people will go on Twitter and be like, I come back home every day. Yeah, but your communication sucks and you are passive-aggressive and your love language proficiency is abysmal. But yeah, you're not cheating. Here's a cookie, right? For non-monogamous people, exclusivity is taken off the table well, to the extent that you know the boundaries have been set for each relationship. But my point is, when you take exclusivity off the table, you have to be more intentional about building trust anyway. You get to be comfortable with you know, focusing on the little things and the big things. You learn to create safety. You learn to communicate almost obsessively. And I feel like, wouldn't you want this in your monogamous relationship? Mm? Doesn't that sound good? Don't you want? Don't you like it? Yes, I'm still talking about building trust. The next one is, and I think this one is my favorite one. Um, that's acknowledging that one person can't meet all your needs. Right? I don't know how we got to this point where one person is your teacher, your nurse, your lover, your confidant sometimes even your therapist and um this my one of my favorite therapists ever esther perel um she spoke about this on how like marriage wasn't created initially for all of this lovey-dovey shit it was mostly political and financial generally transactional and it wasn't until much later that dating for love came in and we decided to name this person our sun and moon and stars and that's cute but it's also a lot like it's a lot of pressure so being a monogamous person the call to action for recognizing this isn't necessarily by dating other people but like make friends plan dates with them show up for them be present in your friendships romanticize the hell out of it like build an actual community like you deserve love in all shades and dynamics and all of that more than for more than one person right diversify your love right same we have like multiple streams of income have multiple streams of love yeah and um to prepare for this i checked out a number of um polyamorous rom-coms and to be honest i'm still reading my second one actually i just finished the second one and i don't even know if i want to recommend it um the first one i read is one two three love by tuesday harper and i think this is the most chaotic book i have ever read because and it's very ironic um i've spent this the last 10 minutes or so you know almost pitching polyamory and how it's just as bad as dynamic and how it has a lot to teach monogamous people but you see this book here is like a manual for everything that can go wrong in a polyamorous relationship the book didn't give me romance as much as it gave me codependency like the one that i thought was wild was when one of the characters kind of liked another girl and at first everyone was against it right so we're talking about a, a trouble here and then they only came around after they agreed that she must date other people in the relationship and like fuck them too now this girl is not poly at all she said from the jump that she just wanted one of them so when i read i was like the fuck imagine falling for one person and then the person goes like oh sorry you we only do buy one get two free here 
and i get that this is a dynamic or whatever but the relationship already gave me codependent vibes so this added to this big time and mm-mm, mm-mm. the second one is let me pull up the second one i can't remember i just finished reading it now and i can't remember okay the second one is called um three times the charm by a.m burns kathleen richie and kimberly cooper griffin just look up three times the charm folks and this one i i was just like i was reading with like one eye open because it was set in high school so it's a young adult polyamorous book and i was like ha yeah yeah i think the authors did a good job of being respectful um and being age appropriate but i was still like oh are they a bit too young but still it's like how early do you know that you're polyamorous though these are questions i'll probably need to ask if i do another episode um on polyamory but they were so young and the whole thing happened accidentally it was it was done in a very healthy way but i was just like high school i guess when i just picture a polyamorous relationship i just imagine grown-ups with jobs and a lot more emotional maturity and all of that but then um yeah so i'm just going to recommend that with half my chest yeah go for it anyway that's it for today thank you for listening um let me know what you think send a voice note um if any of these points resonated with you I don't know if I used that word correctly because I feel like it's one of those words where I just understand it in context. But if it's not correct, hold it against me and like send me a voice note. I want to hear from you. Or send me a DM on Instagram at sorry I only read drum comes and hello Anu. That's my handle everywhere. Or hello AANU. I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye.